I will light a light in the name of the Maker who lit the world and breathed the breath of life for me. I will light a light in the name of the Son who saved the world and stretched out his hand to me. I will light a light in the name of the Spirit who encompasses the world and blessed my soul with yearning. We, we have lit three lights for the Trinity of Love. God above us, God beside us, God beneath us, the beginning, the end, the everlasting one. Our opening hymn of praise this morning is Love Divine or Love's Excelling. And in a week when we have heard things said and seen things done that are anything but loving. It's good to remind ourselves of the love that is God. If you're able and would like to, you're invited to stand with us as we sing.
Here at Hillheads, we plan our services quite a long time in advance. And sometimes events happen that make you wonder whether you've done the right thing. And I think listening to what's been happening um, in the United States and the response or lack of response from the UK Prime Minister is one of those weeks when you wonder. But um, I'm not good at last-minute changes, so we are sticking with what was planned. And perhaps in the face of not being quite sure what to say, actually what we're going to look at today is appropriate. I'm going to start uh, before we pray with some words from the uh, German wartime pastor Niemöller. I think they will be familiar to many of you. First they came for the socialists and I didn't say anything because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists and I did not say anything because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. Our prayers this morning, one of them is on the sheet and both will appear on the screen. The first one um, ought to be familiar because it was actually written by Paul's dad. Uh, I've slightly updated the language to make it inclusive, but that's just because I'm a bit younger than Paul's dad. And then the next one we're going to use is a really old one. And then after that, we'll join together in the Lord's Prayer in whichever version, language, form feels the most natural. So we're going to pray with our eyes open. I'll say what's in yellow if you can join with what's in white if you're looking at the screen. This is the time to worship God who gives us life. This is the time to sing God's praise who brings us joy. This is the time to pray to God who brings us forgiveness and renewal. This is the time to hear God's word, who brings us guidance and hope. This is the time to show our love for God, who brings us love beyond our deserving. Almighty God, would you like to join with me? Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, so that we may truly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen.
I wonder if there's anybody who knows what special Sundays we could have chosen to mark today. Candlemas, we could, we could have been slightly early on Candlemas, which is also Groundhog Day. Uh, on the 2nd of February, you could have come in for that one a bit early. Thanks, Paul. Good. Um, what else might we have wanted to mark today that we, we're not going to mark, but we could have? Any, any ideas? Uh, National Hugging Day was last week. Yeah, that's okay. We could have had that one again, though. That would have been good, wouldn't it? We could have had hugs again this week. Um, okay. Um, interestingly, it's World Leprosy Day, um, so we could have support, thought about leprosy. Uh, so that's kind of appropriate considering Graham was connecting for leprosy mission last week. It's also Homelessness Sunday and we have just gone past Holocaust Memorial Day. So all sorts of special Sundays that we could have chosen to mark today but we haven't. And that's not wrong. There are just so many you have to make choices. But I was wondering if any of our young people can think of some of the special services we do have in our church, our congregation. Easter Sunday, brilliant. Thank you, Carl. What else? Valentine's Day. We could do Valentine's Day. I don't think I've ever done that one. I really ought to do that one. That's a good one. And what else? Anybody else think? Fergus. Christmas Day, brilliant. That's a great one. Anybody else think of any? The thing is, when we were at the back, you see, I can't see you, so I have to go wandering. I'm going to turn into one of those wandery preachers, aren't I? <laughs> okay. All sorts of... Yes. So a special end-of-year celebration service, isn't it, for our children and young people? And we kind of remember to say thank you to the leaders as well at the end of that. But, yeah, really this good. over a long period of time, but in the summer, sometimes we do a couple yep. activities. Yep, good. We sometimes have activity services. And that's right. So all sorts of special services. All age services. All age services. You're on a roll now, aren't you? Just as I'm going to stop you, you're completely on a roll. I'm going to show you a picture now which relate to special services that some churches, but not all churches, might have and see if you can work out what any of them are, if my zapper's going to work. Oh, okay, perhaps I didn't put my picture in after all that. Let me just check on my little computer what's gone wrong here. I did have a picture. No, I don't have the picture. You've escaped from that picture. You're lucky. Okay, there are some services that are very special that we do occasionally. Who can remember what it is we do once a month here on a Sunday that is we do every, every month on the first Sunday of the month? We'll be doing it next week. Anyone think what that one is? Communion. Communion, yeah. And what's special about that one? Sorry, Joyce. We'll drink wine and eat bread, okay? Well, Jeff, frankly, I could do that at Weatherspoons. So what's special? Well, you're right, Joyce, we do do that. But what, what's special about eating bread and drinking? I need to eating wine and drinking bread, then. What's, what, what's special about us doing that once a month? Why do we do that, Carl? Okay, so yeah, some people think, you're right, some people think it's like we're eating Jesus' body and drinking Jesus' blood. That's certainly the way that um, Orthodox churches and Roman Catholic churches understand it. Um, I think mostly we think we're remembering Jesus' body and blood, but he did say it's my body and blood, so you're right, Carl, it's a, it's a strange one, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's a really complicated one. I think we do it to remember. Some people think we do it because it is. And actually, perhaps how we understand it is less important than we do do it. Because this is a special service that Jesus told his followers to do. He said, when you break bread, when you drink wine, remember me. Morag, what was the special service you had about three years ago? Baptism. Baptism. Okay, who's ever been to a baptism service, their own or somebody else's? Yeah, they're quite special, aren't they? And why do we baptise people? In our church, people who choose to be baptised in some other churches, little babies. Why do people baptise people, do you think? Because it's fun? Because we like getting wet? Sorry? But thank you, yeah. To follow Jesus' example, to follow God. So, yeah. And these services are sometimes called sacraments um, and sometimes called ordinances, which are just fancy words that do reflect a bit how people understand what's going on when we do them, but more recognise that they're special things that uh, Jesus told his followers to do. So there are all sorts of special services that we can share together, and that's brilliant. And as soon as you get out there to Sunday school or as soon as you go home, you'll have loads of them will come to mind that I haven't shared. What we're going to do now is we're going to sing a song that is very popular for lots of special services. We actually sang this one at Emma and Drew's wedding and the organist messed it up. We know that Paul won't mess it up because Paul's super brilliant. Um, it's a version of The Lord's My Shepherd uh, and as arranged by Stuart Townend. And again, if you're able and would like to, you are invited to stand as we say.
first reading is from Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verses 4 to 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you're at home and when you're away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Next reading, number 6, verses 24 to 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. 2 Corinthians 13 The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The last reading is from Luke chapter 18 verse 15 to 17. People were bringing even infants to him that he might not that he might touch them and when the disciples saw it they sternly ordered them not to do it. But Jesus called for them and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. Amen. So this is the last of our short series of services looking at things around prayer. And I think I should start by saying thank you to you for being very um, accommodating of some of the weird and wonderful things I've asked you to do over the last few weeks. Um, We did a quiz about our prayer personality. We've made warm fuzzies. We've done all sorts of things. Well, I have one last exercise for you to do if you would be willing to today. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give out to um, people at various places um, packs of paper, and they need to be shared with those in the rows in front and behind you. And we're going to do an exercise for around about five minutes with them. What you 
will do if you open that up is you will find you have got three sheets of paper that are headings that say really important, quite important and not important. And you'll need to put those on a chair or on the floor so that they're the categories you can divide them into. And then you've got a whole stack of sheets of paper with names of different special services. And what I'd like you to do in these groups, so it'll be sort of roughly here, roughly here, roughly here. Um, have you got one? Yes, um, some with Mary, Ian, Ken and Barbara. Um, just to spend about five minutes. You haven't got a lot of time to think about it. You might need to turn chairs around and just see, do you think these special services are very important, quite important, or really not very important? Does everybody broadly understand what they've been asked to do? If you're not comfortable with joining in, then just sit and watch. Okay, we'll, we'll call it a day there. If you'd just like to return back so that you're sitting down. Thank you. My suspicion is you won't have managed to do all of them, and that's absolutely fine. It also means I can work out who are the ISTJs and who are the Ps on the Myers-Briggs, because the Ps will just take no notice of me, because that's the way Ps are wired, whereas the ISTJs will be perfectly behaved. How did you find that? Was it easy? <laughs> this is true, Mary. Anything by committee is never easy. Joyce, you thought it was quite easy? Okay. Anybody think it was difficult? Yeah? Anybody have disagreements um, that some people thought something was quite important and other people really weren't terribly fussed about it? Yeah? I think that's kind of inevitable, really. Um, most of the things on there are things that we do in this church or have done in this church, but not all of them. And someday, not today, it would be good perhaps for us to take some time and think through which are the special Sundays we would like to mark for the next little while. Some of them we mark just one-offs. So I've certainly done Leprosy Sunday once when I've been here. I think we've done Homelessness Sunday once when I've been here, we've done Education Sunday, we've done World AIDS Day, but there are a whole stack of others that we haven't done. Why did I decide to go this way relating to the Bible readings that we've had today? Well, I'm going to show you an, another picture. This is a photograph that I took from the internet of a cradle roll poster from a church, and it dates back to the 1950s, so kind of okay for it to be out there publicly available. What some of you will know was when we were clearing out in our own church, we came across a number of very similar posters that for whatever reason, and this isn't a criticism, at some point had stopped being updated. We've got nothing much after the 1970s recorded, a little bit into the 80s, but nothing any later than that. But what really struck me about the posters when I found them and about this picture which I took off the internet, and the majority of cradle roll certificates, I've, uh, posters and certificates that I've seen over the years, is the picture they have at the centre. Where we have 
a white Caucasian Jesus, probably British, maybe even English, heaven forbid, in a long white robe, surrounded by nice, well-behaved Victorian children who just butter wouldn't melt, would it? It's very white, it's very British, it's probably a bit middle class, and it's decidedly twee and out of date. And yet it does say something important to children, I think, and it certainly would have done in the times in which it was designed. It said to children, you matter to Jesus. When you are uh, dedicated, blessed in our tradition, or when you are baptised in an infant baptising tradition, you matter to Jesus. Which is great. Um, and the story of Jesus blessing the children, which was our gospel reading today, is often used at infant blessings and infant baptisms. And that's fine, except that's not why the story is told to us in the Gospels. If you hear what the Gospels say, and which we heard this morning, the Gospel writers use this story to talk to us about our attitudes. It says, unless you become like little children, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven. So using this story in a blessing service, it's not wrong, but it's an interesting choice that takes us in some directions other than thinking about nice, sweet little children. But what also struck me as I read the story was I wondered what that blessing was like. When the people brought their children to Jesus to be blessed, what actually happened? There is certainly good evidence that people would take their children to rabbis for blessing. And Jesus was recognised as a rabbi. So taking your child to Jesus, the rabbi, and saying, Rabbi, will you bless my child or my children, was quite appropriate and part of the culture. But I haven't got a clue what he might have said. Did he take the children one at a time and pray an established prayer for them? Did he call them by name? Did he say, Joshua, I bless you. Miriam, I bless you. Or did he just put his arms out to the, the whole company and say, bless you, my children? We don't know. We'll never know because nobody wrote it down. And that got me thinking about some of the examples we have in scripture of ritualised prayer and rites, what we might call rites, little services that have a special purpose. The reading we heard from Deuteronomy, the Shema prayer, is probably the oldest Jewish prayer that we have written down. And this is the prayer that the Jews were told they must teach their children. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. I did a little bit of research into present-day Jewish naming ceremonies for children, and that prayer would be used in a Jewish naming ceremony. This is the first prayer that you teach your children, if you like. And then we had the story of, or the blessing that is taken from the ordination of the priest Aaron. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. 
It's a beautiful prayer. It's a prayer that I prayed for Miss Allen last night. It's a prayer I prayed for Morag at her baptism. It's a prayer I prayed for Bonnie and for other children at their dedication blessing services. We have taken this prayer and made it our own. It was a prayer that took place within an ordination ceremony in which there was a whole lot of ceremonial or ritual things going on. He was, uh, Aaron was ritually dressed in clothes which had huge significance. Oil was poured up over him and these words were spoken. And then we heard the words which close the, letter to the second letter to the church at Corinth. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. In lots of churches, that will be the way every single Sunday finishes. In lots of midweek meetings, that's what we say. We say it at the TRG, don't we, Ken? At the end, we always close by sharing the grace together. Because in this prayer is something expressed for us that it's important you may have noticed that I was able to chant off all those three prayers without looking at my notes. I say them so often, they have become part of who I am. Sometimes I get the words wrong, like I did when I was trying to quote Niemöller from memory. But the essence of them is there. As I was thinking this week, I was going to talk a bit more about sacraments and ordinances, but didn't have the time really to go there. But every Christian church has its set of rites and rituals that it practices, which include baptism and communion. In the um, sacramental churches, the Catholic Church, the Orthodox Church, the Anglican Church, there can be up to seven sacraments. So you have got baptism, confirmation, reconciliation, communion, holy matrimony, holy orders, and prayer for the sick. Interestingly, you can only, in the Catholic Church, you can only ever get six out of the seven of those, but in other churches, you can get all seven. In the Protestant churches, there was a great suspicion of the kind of what they called hocus-pocus or even hokey-pokey, if you know the uh, origin of the song about some of this. And it said, no, 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 we're only going to have the ones that Jesus ordained. We're only going to have baptism and communion. Those are the two that Jesus said we should have. But human beings need rites and need rituals to help us negotiate life's journey, don't we? doesn't matter whether you have a faith of any sort or no sort of faith. Things happen in life that we need something to mark it, to help us mark the moment or get through a hiatus. So it is good when two people wish to marry, that they are able to have a ceremony for that. We've still a long way to go with that, especially in the Baptist Union of Scotland. I'm not going to deny that. But to have a ceremony where two people who wish to marry can do that in the context of Christian worship is fundamentally a good thing. We do it with death. We have funeral services in which we use prayers and words of scripture to help us negotiate that transition of letting go of a loved one and carrying on with our own lives. 
And there are other things when a new minister is ordained or inducted, uh, when a building is opened or closed. If you looked on my bookshelves at home, I could find you a liturgy for the dedication of a church organ and a liturgy for a human organ transplant. I could find you a liturgy for blessing a grave and I could find you a liturgy for blessing some people following a stillbirth or a miscarriage. We need rites and rituals to help us negotiate life's journey, which isn't always easy. Events of the last week have left me a bit dumbstruck, really. And that put me in a difficult place because the words of Nimala were ringing in my ears. I didn't speak out. And it's Bonhoeffer, I think, who says that silence is to, to be complicit, to give silent assent to things that are not good. But sometimes when we don't know what to pray or how to pray, it's really good to have things we can turn to that we don't have to make up. All the prayers that I've chosen for today, I've taken from books. I plan to do that anyway, but in the light of events when I wasn't quite sure what to say or how to pray, it was good to have a resource of tried and tested liturgies to turn to. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing inferior about using the things that other people have written for the challenges that we face. I think rites and rituals do something really important. They help us to feel sufficiently safe to deal with whatever it might be. The task of me on a Sunday morning and those who take other parts of the service, those who read the lessons, those who lead our intercessions, Paul in choosing the psalms and leading our singing, is to create a safe enough space for us to seek to encounter God. can't promise you you will encounter God, that any of us will encounter God, but we, that's what we're about. So we seek to make it safe enough. We seek to have rhythms that are helpful. So we gather, we praise, we confess, we listen for God's voice. We pray for others and for ourselves. We offer and respond. We bless and we scatter. All these are healthy and all these are important. There's one last thing which I've said before um, and it is always very precious to me. To have a treasure store of prayers and hymns and Bible verses or Bible stories that are deep within our hearts is a wonderful thing. Over the last few weeks, those of us who have visited Miss Allen have read to her in just about every translation of the Bible there is, because we've all got different ones, Psalm 91 which for her is so precious. On other occasions, I've been out to visit people who were quite unwell 
and recited as best as I can from memory the Lord's Prayer in the King James Version, which I learned when I was about 10, and I haven't said since. Or we will say the communion words, for I received from the Lord Jesus Christ what I also passed on to you, blah, 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 blah. And even a very sick person or a person whose memory has been stolen by illness, injury or age will respond. There is a kind of spiritual muscle memory that is so important and precious and valuable. These last few weeks, we've done a lot of quite diverse thinking about prayer, about the fact that it's okay to pray in a style that works for you, about the fact that it's good to write your own and it's good to use books and it's good to do a bit of both about the fact that there are prayers that are appropriate for public worship and prayers that are better for private times, that they don't have to be clever, which is just as well, because mine often aren't, and they don't have to be long. But they can be both. Prayer is a very precious gift that God has given us. The rhythms, rites, and rituals of each church are equally precious. And I really hope... And I really pray that they will sustain us on our own journeys of faith. Amen. Lord of all hopefulness, Lord of all joy, whose trust ever childlike, no cares could destroy. Be there at our waking and give us, we pray, your bliss in our hearts, Lord, at the break of the day.
Like many of us, when I read and watched the news this week, I have to admit that I failed to formulate a coherent response. Instead, I invite you to listen to some news stories from this week, some that may have been overshadowed by events in the States, and join with me in silent prayer for our world. The response to Lord in your mercy is hear our prayer. Let us pray. This morning we pray with a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. On Friday, Islamist militants from Al-Shabaab launched an attack on a Kenyan military base in southern Somalia. The Al-Qaeda-linked group says it has killed more than 50 soldiers and seized military vehicles and weapons. A Kenyan military spokesman said, the attack was repelled, the base was not overrun, and scores of insurgents were killed in the fighting. Lord, in your mercy. The former president of the Gambia, Yahya Jama, has left the country in the wake of elections that ousted him after 22 years in power. Jama seized power in a military coup in 1994, and according to the charity Human Rights Watch, his presidency was characterised by forced disappearances, arbitrary detention, torture and other human rights violations. During his presidency, Gambian authorities routinely targeted voices of dissent, including journalists, political opponents and critics, and the LGBT community. New President Adam Abaro was elected in December. However, a handover was stalled when Jama, Gambia's president of 22 years, refused to step aside. Adam Abaro was able to return to Gambia on Thursday. Lord, in your mercy. Here in the UK, the Supreme Court has ruled that Parliament must vote on whether the government can start the Brexit process. On Thursday, the Westminster government published a two-clause European Union Notification of Withdrawal Act containing just 130 words. The bill has been widely criticised. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. US President Donald Trump has signed a wide-ranging executive order halting all refugee admissions and temporarily barring people from seven Muslim countries. His decision has been sharply criticized, sparking widespread protests. This morning, a US judge has issued a temporary halt to the deportation of visa holders or refugees who are stranded at US airports. 
Lord, in your mercy. Theresa May has been criticised for refusing to condemn Donald Trump's ban on refugees entering the US. Asked repeatedly about the issue during a news conference in Turkey, Mrs May only said that it was up to the US to decide its own policy. Lord, in your mercy. Jesus said, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. The righteous will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and give you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, Just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. In the name of God, creator, redeemer and sustainer. Amen. so skillfully and compassionately. Loving God, we bring these gifts of money. We bring with them our questions and our confusion, our angering, our anger and our longing for justice, our hopes and our prayers. Accept them all in the name of Christ. Amen. We're going to close with a hymn which I would have to be honest and say will never appear on my favourites list. But it is the hymn that is always used by the Baptist World Alliance at the end of their assemblies. It's a hymn written by a Yorkshire Baptist uh, when he was about to leave his church and head off to London. And they all sang this hymn and then they all burst into tears and he changed his mind.
and it stayed. <laughs> However, there is something beautiful about this hymn that unites us with other Christians all around the world and in other times and places. After that hymn, we will join together in a blessing that is on your sheets and will also appear on the screen. Thanks. heads and our houses the blessing of God in our coming and going the peace of God in our life and believing the love of God at our end and new beginning the arms of God to welcome us and bring us home